and welcome to episode four of the club. I'm your host, Sean Fairholm. It's a simple question with a complicated answer. What does it take to get better at golf? We focused mainly on instructors and coaches to this point, but today we're going to change perspectives and talk to one of the best young players in the game. John Pock is a 21-year-old senior at Florida State University, but don't let the fact that he is still in college fool you because he was just the low amateur at the U.S. Open two weeks ago. Actually, he was the only amateur to make the cut at Wingfoot, and he is also the top-ranked player in the PGA Tour University standings, which will likely give him direct access to professional golf next year. He's currently in line for a spot on the Corn Ferry Tour. Many people feel like Pac is the best player in college golf, so this is a guy you will definitely be hearing about in the PGA Tour not long from now. In this conversation, he takes you inside what it's like to deal with U.S. Open pressure. How did he cope with the nerves? What calmed him down? How did he prepare for the toughest test in golf? I think you'll definitely learn a thing or two here because he's a great kid, a super talented player, and we could all learn from him. Without further ado, here's our conversation with John Pock. So you, you get to Wingfoot, and I'm sure you've heard all sorts of stories about how difficult this place is, and you're playing it under U.S. Open conditions. Is, uh, is that the most nervous you've been over an opening tee shot? I don't think so. So I played uh, the Walker Cup in 2019 at Royal Liverpool last fall. And I think that might have been the most nervous I've ever been. Um, there's nothing really like playing for your country and then 400 people watching you and they're all rooting against you, I guess. So I, I think that may have been the most nervous I've ever been. That's Yeah, that, I could definitely understand that. So when you're playing in a, a setting like that, uh, whether it's a Walker Cup or you're under major cha- uh, championship type of pressure, what do you kind of find helps you focus and maybe block out outside noise or uh, or expectations that's a tough one because you know there's there's always expectations there's always pressure and i think for me it's kind of just experience and being in those situations over and over again and just you know trying to you know play through it i guess i think i think that's what i try to do do you have like a certain shot that you kind of go to under pressure like we see tiger kind of go to that that squeeze cut sometimes when he really needs to find a fairway or do you have a shot shape or a club that you like to hit under pressure or anything like that? Yeah, so for sure. I, I play a natural, you know, three-yard draw. That's that's definitely my go-to. I can hit a cut if I need to, but I if I'm ever under pressure or I need to hit a good shot, it's it's going to be a draw. Just a nice little baby draw. Definitely. Well, you uh, you did a tremendous job at Wingfoot. Only amateur to make the cut. That must sound pretty nice, I, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I. You know, it's I, I didn't really expect it because I was one of the first groups to finish. You know, uh, I think uh, Sandy Scott was still finishing up, Chun on you, and uh, Davis Thompson, all really talented, good players. So, you know, I I was a little surprised that I was the only amateur to make it out, but I'm very humbled and honored because there's a it's a pretty special uh, achievement, and you know, I've been working really hard to get to that point, so I'm pretty happy about it. Yeah, when when you look at the the four days, it seemed like the course kind of changed over the four days, right? It seemed like Thursday was maybe a little bit softer than, than some of the other days, and, and Friday seemed like it was the wind kind of got up and it was, it got really firm. But how had you kind of change your strategy and uh, as the tournament evolved? So 
Yeah, it, it, that's definitely the case. It, it softened. It was pretty soft on Thursday. It firmed up on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And uh, I guess, honestly, out there, it's this might just sound pointless, but you really just have to hit good shots out there. You can't let your guard down. It's the fairways are tight. You have to hit it in certain landing spots. There's, there's really you just kind of have to hit the, a great shot. And I think. Um, out there, I, I just I had a good game plan. I was hitting, picking good lines, and you know playing it safe and not short sighting myself. And I think that's what I had to do on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to you know to put up some good numbers. I know you weren't watching the, the telecast. I'm I'm guessing, but uh, what Bryson did going around in that place in, in six under. Do you have a, a greater appreciation for that having having played all four rounds of the tournament? Yeah, I, I don't think people understand how impressive that really was. <laughs> um, I think he has a, a really good game plan, you know, trying to hit driver as far as you could because I think if you look at the stats, the top most fairway hits was probably only around 50%, and Bryson was right there at 40%. So might as well just hit it in the rough and hit it as far as you can in the rough. I feel like... I feel like that was, that was the game plan for right, that week. Right, right. Yeah, because I think on, on Friday, it was only like 38% of the field was hitting fairway. So you, you might as well be farther down there if you're going to do it. I mean, why, why, why not? What was, uh, what was your game plan if you, if you had one? I mean, of course, you just said it. You have to hit good golf shots. You got to get in the fairway. But with the, the whole locations kind of tucked into those little bowls on, on, those, on those very undulating greens, were you kind of mapping it out and looking at okay i cannot miss here on on this hole or how are you kind of mapping out your strategy yeah i definitely did that a lot more um most golf courses that you play in amateur and junior golf are definitely not as hard as this so you can pin seek a little bit more but out there you kind of had to plan for miss hits and make sure you like there's a few bunker shots there where it's it's almost impossible to keep it on the green so um yeah, you, you definitely have to map it out, make sure you can. And it's also really cool out there. You can kind of use the little slopes to pitch it there and bring it back to the hole. I, I don't know if you saw Hideki chip in on one. I think it was Hideki. You know, he, he chipped it past the pin and brought it all the way back. It's uh, Yeah, there's a lot of little slopes out there, and it's it's definitely a little different from your normal golf course. Yeah, I think Rory on, the, on Sunday, he... Uh, hit it right down the middle of the fairway and then kind of hit an indifferent wedge to the front of the green and then his putt came rolling back to him and it was a, it was a four putt double bogey to start and that's pretty easy to do around there right <laughs> exactly yeah you don't really see that and i guess you kind of have to pinpoint locations and where you need to hit it to make sure you you can get it inside of 10 feet what was your preparation like going into this because it definitely hasn't been a normal summer with uh with as many competitive opportunities as normal but what were you working on coming in and, and kind of what were you hoping to uh to accomplish uh coming in yeah so i i set three goals for the tournament and um one was to beat tiger um, i'm a huge tiger fan you know i <laughs> i thought it'd be really <laughs> cool if i had beaten tiger the greatest golf of all time in my opinion um i set another goal of uh making the cut and then the third goal was to be the low am. And then obviously as a competitor, always try to win the tournament. And 
um, I feel like that's always just something I, I show up to every event playing to win. But I think I just need a little more experience, a little more, you know, just to get, get, grow my game a little bit more to get to that point where I compete in, uh, in a uh, major championship. Um, but honestly, my preparation was pretty normal to most of my golf tournaments. I try to think of it as a normal tournament. You know, I just, I've been playing well since, since I've gone to college. Why, why change, why change anything? So I, I just did my standard practice sessions. You know, I did try to narrow up my fairways to make it like wing foot, obviously played longer golf courses. So just little things like that, but I honestly didn't change too much. Do you get any confidence out of seeing a guy like Matt Wolf or Colin Morikawa or some, some of the younger guys that, you know, hey, maybe the process to get to the PGA Tour and to kind of establish yourself is maybe not quite as long as it, as it was in the past? I know not everybody can just do what they're doing, but do you gain some confidence from seeing that? I, d- I definitely get confidence by the fact that I, I played against Colin last spring and he's being so successful played against Matt Wolf throughout my whole junior and college career, and he's very successful. I think seeing them being successful gives me confidence because I was just competing against them not too long ago. And it just, it just shows me that I'm, I'm not far off. Right, right. Well, uh, let's kind of go back to your, your preparation a little bit. So, so take me to the tournament week. When, when, you, when do you arrive on the grounds and how much of your practice is more range versus course? Are you kind of a guy who you're hitting like two hours, three hours of range balls prior to the tournament? Or are you, are you playing, you know, nine holes every day? Or how do you kind of map that out? I'm a, I feel like I'm more of a guy that pr- preparation happens before the tournament. And when I get there, I just play. Right, right. So I was, I was able to get there as early as Friday before the tournament. And, uh, I mean, why not just use Wingfoot's practice facilities? And, you know, I only live an hour from there, and it was a pretty good deal. So I got there on Friday, and my coaches told me not to tire myself out too much. So I played nine holes on Friday, 18 on Saturday, and nine holes on Monday through Wednesday. So I only played one 18-hole practice round. And uh, basically, I just warmed up before my rounds and then maybe practice for like an hour and a half after each nine and just called it a day just to kind of conserve energy as you're going along since you know that that tournament in particular is really going to take a lot out of you over over 72 holes exactly and i i don't think it's just like the uh the physical tiredness of tournament playing the tournament but that place drains you out mentally you're thinking so much over every shot there's just so many little things. So my coaches just wanted me to, you know, take it back a notch and just relax and enjoy the practice rounds and then, you know, not, not push myself too much and tire myself out. When you show up for competition days, are, are you looking for something in particular on the range or is it purely just you're, you're warming up, you don't really care what you're looking at, it's just purely to get yourself moving? What do you want to see in that last hour or so before you tee off? To be honest, I think I just kind of just hit just hit shots to warm up. Um, I feel like I've I've worked on my game so much over the last fifteen years ish, where 
I'm at a point where I, my preparation should have already been done before the tournament. So um, I guess I just want to get loose, mm. you know, and just go out there and play my game. When you see other players, whether they're at your level or just 10 handicaps and they're stressing over every single shot on the range, do you, do you have any advice for <laughs> for them to maybe, maybe uh, you know, channel what, what you're doing and just kind of, hey, if, if I'm going to the range before playing, I'm just you're just warming up. If you hit a bad shot, it's not not the end of the world. If I were the 10 handicapper, I'd practice really hard on the range before I'm like not when I'm playing golf, just like in general, like a, a nice little practice session, just grind it off. And then once I'm playing in the turn or a, a round, just a casual round, just just warm up, hit your shots. You've already did your preparation the days before, so you, you should be good. You know, your confidence should be there and just, just play your game. That's that's what I believe. That's that's definitely good advice. Did, did anything about the course surprise you, or did, did it play differently during the tournament than it did it did in practice? Did it, did it kind of change from Wednesday to Thursday at all? Um. So on Friday or Saturday before the tournament, I think the rough was almost eight inches long. Oh, geez, that's gonna be nightmares. <laughs> yeah. So like on some areas, like right of the 18th green. It was, I lost, I played nine holes on Friday, 18 on Saturday, and nine holes on Sunday in the practice round. That's 36 holes. And I lost about six golf balls just hitting it two yards in the rough. Wow. And yeah, they, they I guess they grew it out because um, they didn't need to cut it till Wednesday uh, afternoon. So um, I thought that was ridiculous i <laughs> i've never lost a golf ball hitting it a yard right of the fairway or a yard left of the fairway and i thought that was pretty incredible and um so that's something they changed big time but i also want to say i played this i played wingfoot about six years ago or five years ago in a tournament and i don't remember it being that hard and then i, <laughs> I came out there and it was just like every shot just like someone's punching you in the face it's just ridiculous yeah that i i can't even imagine what the winning score would have been if that rough would have stayed the same that would have been that would have been crazy yeah for sure yeah when when you look back on this week what do you think you learned about yourself or is there anything you can kind of take from it moving forward yeah so i i, I learned a lot um one thing i learned is i can compete against the best players um, when I have a good week, I can, I can compete against them. But one big lesson I learned was that I'm still not there yet. I still need to practice more, work harder, get stronger. If I want to do this on a week-to-week -week basis, like guys playing against Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau, um, I just I need to get better. Was, was there a certain shot that you saw somebody else hit or that, that you hit that kind of you went, oh, I need this in my game, or I need to change this. I think I'd I'd like to get a little stronger. You know, I I went out mm. there and I saw saw Roy, I saw Jason Day. You know, they're they're all just fit and like Bryson DeChambeau is just they're just strong and fit. And I don't hit the ball necessarily that far, but I, I'm not worried about this. I I just want to be physically more stronger, and I want to be able to, you know 
I guess, get my body to a point where I can hit it out of that thick rough. Right, right. They're all just really good putters. I think uh, Bryson, I was watching him a little bit on Sunday, just made everything. and um, I didn't putt too well last last week, and I think that's something I, I need to work on as well. Before I let you go, I, I have to ask you about this upcoming year. I know there's no fall golf for the ACC this year, but you have that top ranking in the uh, PGA Tour University standings. How important is that to you kind of planning your, your future and uh, having the chance to, to gain Corn Ferry Tour status coming out of Florida State? Uh, I think PGA Tour U is the best thing that's happened to college golf. It's incredible. And for it to start my senior year, I, I, I got really lucky with that. And um, I think, I think uh, that definitely I, – I was always going to stay four years in college, but that solidified my decision of staying four years. And uh, it kind of I, – I guess it makes my future a little more I, – I, I know what might be coming. It's not so unknown anymore. So I, I kind of like, like the fact that I know what my schedule might – could look like. So I think, uh, I think that's awesome. Absolutely. That's, that's really cool. Great timing, right? <laughs> yeah, great timing. <laughs> John, thanks so much for, uh, for hopping on and, and talking to me today. Uh, great playing at the U.S. Open. Awesome tournament and, uh, and best of luck moving forward. Thank you so much. I enjoyed that. And thank you so much to John Pock for hopping on. That was some really cool perspective just to hear what it was like to play Wingfoot under those conditions. He said a couple of things in that interview that I really like, and players of all skill levels can transfer this over to their games. One thing that every, everyone should write down somewhere in all caps, your warm-up sessions prior to playing are not the time for you to attempt to find something new in your game. They also aren't meant for you to live and die with every swing. Hawk did his preparation well before he showed up to play for the first round at Wingfoot. He didn't freak out about his warm-up session or worry about what the ball was doing. The only purpose was to get loose. Now, not everyone has the time to prepare the same way as Pock did, but you could still know what you are capable of before you show up to the course. Arrive with the game plan. John mentioned that he likes to rely on a draw when he needs it at a fairway, even if that means hitting less than driver. He is realistic about what he can do and what he's comfortable about. If your driver normally ends up 30 yards right of the fairway, nothing that happens in your warm-up session is going to change that on that day. Maybe your four iron goes 70 yards shorter, but it's straight. And that's the club you can rely on when, when there is trouble off the tee. Be honest with yourself. Practice is practice and play is play. The two are separate for a very good reason. As a reminder, if you have any questions at all, whether that's about graph golf, how to get better as a golfer, the mental game, anything at all, you can either DM us on Instagram at graphgolf or send an email to theclub at graph.golf. This week's question comes from AJ Herrera. AJ asks, any tips on how to not chunk wedges? AJ, thank you for the question. I definitely recommend going back to episode two of the club where short game guru Pat Goss talked about this very topic. When you chunk a wedge, that's because the leading edge of the club is digging into the turf prior to the ball. We do not want that. What you want to do is have the bounce of the wedge, that's the bottom sole that comes out on the bottom of the club. You want that to strike the turf first, not the leading edge of the club. One way to do that, make sure that the grip of the club is pointing towards your zipper. 
Just make a few swings, feeling how the bottom sole of the club makes contact with the ground first, and it's way easier to play this way. One more thing I want to add, if you ever have a chance to putt from off the green, or if you can take an 8-iron, a hybrid, or something with less loft, that is often the smarter play. Of course, sometimes you have to go over a bunker or get the ball to stop quickly, but if you have the space to work with, keep the ball low to the ground. It's way more predictable and a much easier shot to play. That's all we have for this episode of the club. We'll see you again next time.